letter seven of red gauntlet by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines salt lake city utah letter seven the same to the same in continuation little benjy with the pony having been sent off on the left side of the brook the quaker and i sauntered on like the cavalry and infantry of the same army occupying the opposite banks of a river and observing the same line of march but while my worthy companion was assuring me of a pleasant greensward walk to his mansion little benjy who had been charged to keep in sight chose to deviate from the path assigned him and turning to the right led his charge solomon out of our vision the villain means to mount him cried joshua with more vivacity than was consistent with his profession of passive endurance i endeavoured to appease his apprehensions as he pushed on wiping his brow with vexation assuring him that if the boy did mount he would for his own sake ride gently you do not know him said joshua rejecting all consolation he do anything gently no he will gallop solomon he will misuse the sober patience of the poor animal who has borne me so long yes i was given over to my own devices when i ever let him touch the bridle for such a little miscreant there never was before him in this country he then proceeded to expatiate on every sort of rustic enormity of which he accused benjy he had been suspected of snaring partridges was detected by joshua himself in liming singing birds stood fully charged with having worried several cats by aid of a lurcher which attended him and which was as lean and ragged and mischievous as his master finally benjy stood accused of having stolen a duck to hunt it with the said lurcher which was as dexterous on water as on land i chimed in with my friend in order to avoid giving him further irritation and declared i should be disposed from my own experience to give up benjy as one of satan's imps joshua Geddes began to censor the phrase as too much exaggerated and otherwise unbecoming the mouth of a reflecting person and just as i was apologizing for it as being a term of common parlance we heard certain sounds on the opposite side of the brook which seemed to indicate that solomon and benjy were at issue together the sand-hills behind which benjy seemed to take his course had concealed from us as doubtless he meant they should his ascent into the forbidden saddle and putting solomon to his mettle which he was seldom called upon to exert they had cantered away together in great amity till they came near to the ford from which the palfrey's legitimate owner had already turned back 
here a contest of opinions took place between the horse and his rider the latter according to his instructions attempted to direct solomon towards the distant bridge of stone but solomon opined that the ford was the shortest way to his own stable the point was sharply contested and we heard benjy gee-hupping check-checking and above all flogging in great style while solomon who docile in his general habits was now stirred beyond his patience made a great trampling and recalcitration and it was their joint noise which we heard without being able to see though joshua might too well guess the cause of it alarmed at these indications the quaker began to shout out benjy thou varlet solomon thou fool when the couple presented themselves in full drive solomon having now decidedly obtained the better of the conflict and bringing his unwilling rider in high career down to the ford never was their anger changed so fast into humane fear as that of my good companion the varlet will be drowned he exclaimed a widow's son her only son and drowned let me go and he struggled with me stoutly as i hung upon him to prevent him from plunging into the ford i had no fear whatever for benjy for the blackguard vermin though he could not manage the refractory horse stuck on his seat like a monkey solomon and benjy scrambled through the ford with little inconvenience and resumed their gallop on the other side it was impossible to guess whether on this last occasion benjy was running off with solomon or solomon with benjy but judging from character and motives i rather suspected the former i could not help laughing as the rascal passed me grinning betwixt terror and delight perched on the very pommel of the saddle and holding with extended arms by bridle and mane while solomon the bit secured between his teeth and his head bored down betwixt his forelegs passed his master in this unwonted guise as hard as he could pelt the mischievous bastard exclaimed the quaker terrified out of his usual moderation of speech the doomed gallows bird he will break solomon's wind to a certainty i prayed him to be comforted assured him a brushing gallop would do his favourite no harm and reminded him of the censure he had bestowed on me a minute before for applying a harsh epithet to the boy but joshua was not without his answer friend youth he said thou didst speak of the lad's soul which thou didst affirm belonged to the enemy and of that thou couldst say nothing of thine own knowledge on the contrary i did but speak of his outward man which will assuredly be suspended by a cord if he mendeth not his manners men say that young as he is he is one of the laird's gang of the laird's gang said i repeating the words in surprise do you mean the person with whom i slept last night i heard you call him the laird is he at the head of a gang 
no i meant not precisely a gang said the quaker who appeared in his haste to have spoken more than he intended a company or party i should have said but thus it is friend latimer with the wisest men when they permit themselves to be perturbed with passion and speak as in a fever or as with the tongue of the foolish and the forward and although thou hast been hasty to mark my infirmity yet i grieve not that thou hast been a witness to it seeing that the stumbles of the wise may be no less a caution to youth and inexperience than is the fall of the foolish this was a sort of acknowledgment of what i had already begun to suspect that my new friend's real goodness of disposition joined to the acquired quietism of his religious sect had been unable entirely to check the effervescence of a temper naturally warm and hasty upon the present occasion as if sensible he had displayed a greater degree of emotion than became his character joshua avoided further allusion to benjie and solomon and proceeded to solicit my attention to the natural objects around us which increased in beauty and interest as still conducted by the meanders of the brook we left the common behind us and entered a more cultivated and enclosed country where arable and pasture-ground was agreeably varied with groves and hedges descending now almost close to the stream our course lay through a little gate into a pathway kept with great neatness the sides of which were decorated with trees and flowering shrubs of the hardier species till ascending by a gentle slope we issued from the grove and stood almost at once in front of a low but very neat building of an irregular form and my guide shaking me cordially by the hand made me welcome to mount sharon the wood through which we had approached this little mansion was thrown around it both on the north and northwest but breaking off into different directions was intersected by a few fields well watered and sheltered the house fronted to the southeast and from thence the pleasure-ground or i should rather say the gardens sloped down to the water i afterwards understood that the father of the present proprietor had a considerable taste for horticulture which had been inherited by his son and had formed these gardens which with their shaven turf pleached alleys wildernesses and exotic trees and shrubs greatly excelled anything of the kind which had been attempted in the neighbourhood if there was a little vanity in the complacent smile with which joshua geddes saw me gaze with delight on a scene so different from the naked waste we had that day traversed in company it might surely be permitted to one who cultivating and improving the beauties of nature had found therein as he said bodily health and a pleasing relaxation for the mind
at the bottom of the extended gardens the brook wheeled round in a wide semicircle and was itself their boundary the opposite side was no part of joshua's domain but the brook was there skirted by a precipitous rock of limestone which seemed a barrier of nature's own erecting around his little eden of beauty comfort and peace but i must not let thee forget said the kind quaker amidst thy admiration of these beauties of our little inheritance that thy breakfast has been a light one so saying joshua conducted me to a small sashed door opening under a porch amply mantled by honeysuckle and clematis into a parlour of moderate size the furniture of which in plainness and excessive cleanliness bore the characteristic marks of the sect to which the owner belonged thy father's hannah is generally allowed to be an exception to all scottish housekeepers and stands unparalleled for cleanliness among the women of old reeky but the cleanliness of hannah is sluttishness compared to the scrupulous purifications of these people who seem to carry into the minor decencies of life that conscientious rigour which they affect in their morals the parlour would have been gloomy for the windows were small and the ceiling low but the present proprietor had rendered it more cheerful by opening one end into a small conservatory roofed with glass and divided from the parlour by a partition of the same i have never before seen this very pleasing manner of uniting the comforts of an apartment with the beauties of a garden and i wonder it is not more practised by the great something of the kind is hinted at in a paper of the spectator as i walked towards the conservatory to view it more closely the parlour chimney engaged my attention it was a pile of massive stone entirely out of proportion to the size of the apartment on the front had once been an armorial scutcheon for the hammer or chisel which had been employed to deface the shield or crest had left uninjured the scroll beneath which bore the pious motto trust in god black letter you know was my early passion and the tombstones in the grey friars churchyard early yielded up to my knowledge as a decipherer what little they could tell of the forgotten dead joshua geddes paused when he saw my eye fixed on this relic of antiquity thou canst read it he said i repeated the motto and added there seemed vestiges of a date it should be fifteen thirty seven said he for so long ago at the least computation did my ancestors in the blinded times of papistry possess these lands and in that year did they build their house it is an ancient descent said i looking with respect upon the monument i am sorry the arms have been defaced it was perhaps impossible for my friend quaker as he was to seem altogether void of respect for the pedigree which he began to recount to me disclaiming all the while the vanity usually connected with the subject 
in short with the air of mingled melancholy regret and conscious dignity with which jack fox used to tell us at college of his ancestors unfortunate connection with the gunpowder plot vanity of vanities saith the preacher thus harangued joshua geddes of mount sharon if we ourselves are nothing in the sight of heaven how much less than nothing must be our derivation from rotten bones and mouldering dust whose immortal spirits have long since gone to their private account yes friend latimer my ancestors were renowned among the ravenous and bloodthirsty men who then dwelt in this vexed country and so much were they famed for successful freebooting robbery and bloodshed that they are said to have been called geddes as likening them to the fish called a jack pike or loose and in our country tongue a ged a goodly distinction truly for christian men yet did they paint this shark of the fresh waters upon their shields and these profane priests of a wicked idolatry the empty boasters called heralds who make engraven images of fishes fowls and four-footed beasts that men may fall down and worship them assigned the ged for the device and escutcheon of my fathers and hewed it over their chimneys and placed it above their tombs and the men were elated in mind and became yet more ged-like slaying leading into captivity and dividing the spoil until the place where they dwelt obtained the name of sharing no from the booty which was there divided amongst them and their accomplices but a better judgment was given to my father's father philip geddes who after trying to light his candle at some of the vain wildfires then held aloft at different meetings and steeple-houses at length obtained a spark from the lamp of the blessed george fox who came into scotland spreading light among darkness as he himself hath written as plentifully as fly the sparkles from the hoof of the horse which gallops swiftly along the stony road here the good quaker interrupted himself with and that is very true i must go speedily to see after the condition of solomon a quaker servant here entered the room with a tray and inclining his head towards his master but not after the manner of one who bows said composedly thou art welcome home friend joshua we expected thee not so early but what hath befallen solomon thy horse what hath befallen him indeed said my friend hath he not been returned hither by the child whom they call benjy he hath said his domestic but it was after a strange fashion for he came hither at a swift and furious pace and flung the child benjy from his back upon the heap of dung which is in the stable-yard i am glad of it said joshua hastily glad of it with all my heart and spirit but stay he is the child of the widow hath the boy any hurt not so answered the servant 
for he rose and fled swiftly joshua muttered something about a scourge and then inquired after solomon's present condition he seetheth like a steaming cauldron answered the servant and baldy the lad walketh him about the yard with a halter lest he take cold mr geddes hastened to the stable-yard to view personally the condition of his favourite and i followed to offer my counsel as a jockey don't laugh allan sure i have jockeyship enough to assist a quaker in this unpleasing predicament the lad who was leading the horse seemed to be no quaker though his intercourse with the family had given him a touch of their prim sobriety of look and manner he assured joshua that his horse had received no injury and i even hinted that the exercise would be of service to him solomon himself neighed towards his master and rubbed his head against the good quaker's shoulder as if to assure him of his being quite well so that joshua returned in comfort to his parlour where breakfast was now about to be displayed i have since learned that the affection of joshua for his pony is considered as inordinate by some of his own sect and that he has been much blamed for permitting it to be called by the name of solomon or any other name whatever but he has gained so much respect and influence among them that they overlook these foibles i learned from him whilst the old servant jehoiachem entering and re-entering seemed to make no end of the materials which he brought in for breakfast that his grandfather philip the convert of george fox had suffered much from the persecution to which these harmless devotees were subjected on all sides during that intolerant period and much of their family estate had been dilapidated but better days dawned on joshua's father who connecting himself by marriage with a wealthy family of quakers in lancashire engaged successfully in various branches of commerce and redeemed the remnants of the property changing its name in sense without much alteration of sound from the border appellation of sharing no to the evangelical appellation of mount sharon this philip geddes as i before hinted had imbibed the taste for horticulture and the pursuits of the florist which are not uncommon among the peaceful sect he belonged to he had destroyed the remnants of the old peel-house substituting the modern mansion in its place and while he reserved the hearth of his ancestors in memory of their hospitality as also the pious motto which they had chanced to assume he failed not to obliterate the worldly and military emblems displayed upon the shield and helmet together with all their blazonry in a few minutes after mr geddes had concluded the account of himself and his family his sister rachel the only surviving member of it 
entered the room her appearance is remarkably pleasing and although her age is certainly thirty at least she still retains the shape and motion of an earlier period the absence of everything like fashion or ornament was as usual atoned for by the most perfect neatness and cleanliness of her dress and her simple clothes cap was particularly suited to eyes which had the softness and simplicity of the doves her features were also extremely agreeable but had suffered a little through the ravages of that professed enemy to beauty the smallpox a disadvantage which was in part counterbalanced by a well-formed mouth teeth like pearls and a pleasing sobriety of smile that seemed to wish good here and hereafter to every one she spoke to you cannot make any of your vile inferences here ellen for i have given a full-length picture of rachel geddes so that you cannot say in this case as in the letter i have just received that she was passed over as a subject on which i feared to dilate more of this anon well we settled to our breakfast after a blessing or rather an extempore prayer which joshua made upon the occasion and which the spirit moved him to prolong rather more than i felt altogether agreeable then ellen there was such a dispatching of the good things of the morning as you have not witnessed since you have seen darcy latimer at breakfast tea and chocolate eggs ham and pastry not forgetting the broiled fish disappeared with a celerity which seemed to astonish the good-humoured quakers who kept loading my plate with supplies as if desirous of seeing whether they could by any possibility tire me out one hint however i received which put me in mind where i was miss geddes had offered me some sweet cake which at the moment i declined but presently afterwards seeing it within my reach i naturally enough helped myself to a slice and had just deposited it beside my plate when joshua mine host not with the authoritative air of sancho's doctor tertiafuera but in a very calm and quiet manner lifted it away and replaced it on the dish observing only thou didst refuse it before friend latimer these good folks ellen make no allowance for what your good father calls the aberdeen man's privilege of taking his word again or what the wise call second thoughts bating this slight hint that i was among a precise generation there was nothing in my reception that was peculiar unless indeed i were to notice the solicitous and uniform kindness with which all the attentions of my new friends were seasoned as if they were anxious to assure me that the neglect of worldly compliments interdicted by their sect only served to render their hospitality more sincere at length my hunger was satisfied and the worthy quaker who with looks of great good-nature had watched my progress thus addressed his sister this young man rachel hath last night sojourned in the tents of our neighbour 
whom men call the laird i am sorry i had not met him the evening before for our neighbours hospitality is too unfrequently exercised to be well prepared with the means of welcome nay but joshua said rachel if our neighbour hath done a kindness thou shouldst not grudge him the opportunity and if our young friend hath fared ill for a night he will the better relish what providence may send him of better provisions and that he may do so at leisure said joshua we will pray him rachel to tarry a day or twain with us he is young and is but now entering upon the world and our habitation may if he will be like a resting place from which he may look abroad upon the pilgrimage which he must take and the path which he has to travel what sayest thou friend latimer we constrain not our friends to our ways and thou art i think too wise to quarrel with us for following our own fashions and if we should even give thee a word of advice thou wilt not i think be angry so that it is spoken in season you know alan how easily i am determined by anything resembling cordiality and so though a little afraid of the formality of my host and hostess i accepted their invitation provided i could get some messenger to send to shepherd's bush for my servant and portmanteau why truly friend said joshua thy outward frame would be improved by cleaner garments but i will do thine errand myself to the widow gregson's house of reception and send thy lad hither with thy clothes meanwhile rachel will show thee these little gardens and then will put thee in some way of spending thy time usefully till our mill calls us together at the second hour afternoon i bid thee farewell for the present having some space to walk seeing i must leave the animal solomon to his refreshing rest with these words mr joshua geddes withdrew some ladies we have known would have felt or at least affected reserve or embarrassment at being left to do the honours of the grounds to it will be out alan a smart young fellow an entire stranger she went out for a few minutes and returned in her plain cloak and bonnet with her beaver gloves prepared to act as my guide with as much simplicity as if she had been to wait upon thy father so forth i sallied with my fair quakeress if the house at mount sharon be merely a plain and convenient dwelling of moderate size and small pretensions the gardens and offices though not extensive might rival an earl's in point of care and expense rachel carried me first to her own favourite resort a poultry-yard stocked with a variety of domestic fowls of the more rare as well as the most ordinary kinds furnished with every accommodation which may suit their various habits a rivulet which spread into a pond for the convenience of the aquatic birds trickled over gravel as it passed through the yards dedicated to the land poultry which were thus amply supplied 
with the means they use for digestion all these creatures seem to recognize the presence of their mistress and some especial favorites hasten to her feet and continued to follow her as far as their limits permitted she pointed out their peculiarities and qualities with the discrimination of one who had made natural history her study and i own i never looked on barn-door fowls with so much interest before at least until they were boiled or roasted i could not help asking the trying question how she could order the execution of any of the creatures of which she seemed so careful it was painful she said but it was according to the law of their being they must die but they knew not when death was approaching and in making them comfortable while they lived we contributed to their happiness as much as the conditions of their existence permitted to us i am not quite of her mind allan i do not believe either pigs or poultry would admit that the chief end of their being was to be killed and eaten however i did not press the argument from which my quaker seemed rather desirous to escape for conducting me to the greenhouse which was extensive and filled with the choicest plants she pointed out an aviary which occupied the farther end where she said she employed herself with attending the inhabitants without being disturbed with any painful recollections concerning their future destination i will not trouble you with any account of the various hot-houses and gardens and their contents no small sum of money must have been expended in erecting and maintaining them in the exquisite degree of good order which they exhibited the family i understood were connected with that of the celebrated miller and had imbibed his taste for flowers and for horticulture but instead of murdering botanical names i will rather conduct you to the policy or pleasure garden which the taste of joshua or his father had extended on the banks betwixt the house and river this also in contradistinction to the prevailing simplicity was ornamented in an unusual degree there were various compartments the connection of which was well managed and although the whole ground did not exceed five or six acres it was so much varied as to seem four times larger the space contained close alleys and open walks a very pretty artificial waterfall a fountain also consisting of a considerable jet d'eau whose streams glittered in the sunbeams and exhibited a continual rainbow there was a cabinet of verdure as the french call it to cool the summer heat and there was a terrace sheltered from the northeast by a noble holly hedge with all its glittering spears where you might have the full advantage of the sun in the clear frosty days of winter 
i know that you alan will condemn all this as bad and antiquated for ever since dodsley has described the lisows and talked of brown's imitations of nature and horace walpole's late essay on gardening you are all for simple nature condemn walking up and down stairs in the open air and declare for wood and wilderness but ne quid nemus i would not deface a scene of natural grandeur or beauty by the introduction of crowded artificial decorations yet such may i think be very interesting where the situation in its natural state otherwise has no particular charms so that when i have a country house who can say how soon you may look for grottoes and cascades and fountains nay if you vex me by contradiction perhaps i may go the length of a temple so provoke me not for you see of what enormities i am capable at any rate ellen had you condemned as artificial the rest of friend geddes's grounds there is a willow walk by the very verge of the stream so sad so solemn and so silent that it must have commanded your admiration the brook restrained at the ultimate boundary of the grounds by a natural dam-dyke or ledge of rocks seemed even in its present swollen state scarcely to glide along and the pale willow trees dropping their long branches into the stream gathered around them little coronals of the foam that floated down from the more rapid stream above the high rock which formed the opposite bank of the brook was seen dimly through the branches and its pale and splintered front garlanded with long streamers of briars and other creeping plants seemed a barrier between the quiet path which we trod and the toiling and bustling world beyond the path itself following the sweep of the stream made a very gentle curve enough however served by its inflection completely to hide the end of the walk until you arrived at it a deep and sullen sound which increased as you proceeded prepared you for this termination which was indeed only a plain root-seat from which you looked on a fall of about six or seven feet where the brook flung itself over the ledge of natural rock i have already mentioned which there crossed its course the quiet and twilight seclusion of this walk rendered it a fit scene for confidential communing and having nothing more interesting to say to my fair quaker i took the liberty of questioning her about the laird for you are or ought to be aware that next to discussing the affairs of the heart the fair sex are most interested in those of their neighbours i did not conceal either my curiosity or the check which it had received from joshua and i saw that my companion answered with embarrassment i must not speak otherwise than truly she said and therefore i tell thee that my brother dislikes and that i fear the man of whom thou hast asked me perhaps we are both wrong but he is a man of violence and hath great influence over many 
who following the trade of sailors and fishermen become as rude as the elements with which they contend he hath no certain name among them which is not unusual their rude fashion being to distinguish each other by nicknames and they have called him the laird of the lakes not remembering there should be no one called lord save one only in idle derision the pools of salt water left by the tide among the sands being called the lakes of solway has he no other revenue than he derives from these sands i asked that i cannot answer replied rachel men say that he wants not money though he lives like an ordinary fisherman and that he imparts freely of his means to the poor around him they intimate that he is a man of consequence once deeply engaged in the unhappy affair of the rebellion and even still too much in danger from the government to assume his own name he is often absent from his cottage at broken burn cliffs for weeks and months i should have thought said i that the government would scarce at this time of day be likely to proceed against any one even of the most obnoxious rebels many years have passed away it is true she replied yet such persons may understand that their being connived at depends on their living in obscurity but indeed there can nothing certain be known among these rude people the truth is not in them most of them participate in the unlawful trade betwixt these parts and the neighbouring shore of england and they are familiar with every species of falsehood and deceit it is a pity i remarked your brother should have neighbours of such a description especially as i understand he is at some variance with them where when and about what matter answered miss geddes with an eager and timorous anxiety which made me regret having touched on the subject i told her in a way as little alarming as i could devise the purport of what passed betwixt this laird of the lakes and her brother at their morning's interview you affright me much answered she it is this very circumstance which has scared me in the watches of the night when my brother joshua withdrew from an active share in the commercial concerns of my father being satisfied with the portion of worldly substance which he already possessed there were one or two undertakings in which he retained an interest either because his withdrawing might have been prejudicial to friends or because he wished to retain some mode of occupying his time amongst the more important of these is a fishing station on the coast where by certain improved modes of erecting snares opening at the advance of the tide and shutting at the reflux many more fish are taken than can be destroyed by those who like the men of broken burn use only the boat-net and spear or fishing-rod they complain of these tide-nets as men call them as an innovation and pretend to a right to remove and destroy them by the strong hand i fear me this man of violence 
whom they call the laird will execute these his threats which cannot be without both loss and danger to my brother mr geddes said i ought to apply to the civil magistrate there are soldiers at dumfries who would be detached for his protection thou speakest friend latimer answered the lady as one who is still in the gall of bitterness and bond of iniquity god forbid that we should endeavour to preserve nets of flax and stakes of wood or the mammon of gain which they procure for us by the hands of men of war and at the risk of spilling human blood i respect your scruples i replied but since such is your way of thinking your brother ought to avert the danger by compromise or submission perhaps it would be best answered rachel but what can i say even in the best trained temper there may remain some leaven of the old adam and i know not whether it is this or a better spirit that maketh my brother joshua determine that though he will not resist force by force neither will he yield up his right to mere threats or encourage wrong to others by yielding to menaces his partners he says confide in his steadiness and that he must not disappoint them by yielding up their right for the fear of the threats of man whose breath is in his nostrils this observation convinced me that the spirit of the old sharers of the spoil was not utterly departed even from the bosom of the peaceful quaker and i could not help confessing internally that joshua had the right when he averred that there was as much courage in sufferance as in exertion as we approached the farther end of the willow walk the sullen and continuous sound of the dashing waters became still more and more audible and at length rendered it difficult for us to communicate with each other the conversation dropped but apparently my companion continued to dwell upon the apprehensions which it had excited at the bottom of the walk we obtained a view of the cascade where the swollen brook flung itself in foam and tumult over the natural barrier of rock which seemed in vain to attempt to bar its course i gazed with delight and turning to express my sentiment to my companion i observed that she had folded her hands in an attitude of sorrowful resignation which showed her thoughts were far from the scene which lay before her when she saw that her abstraction was observed she resumed her former placidity of manner and having given me sufficient time to admire this termination of our sober and secluded walk proposed that we should return to the house through her brother's farm even we quakers as we are called have our little pride she said and my brother joshua would not forgive me were i not to show thee the fields which he taketh delight to cultivate after the newest and best fashion for which i promise thee he hath received much praise from good judges as well as some ridicule from those who think it folly 
to improve on the customs of our ancestors as she spoke she opened a low door leading through a moss and ivy-covered wall the boundary of the pleasure-ground into the open fields through which we moved by a convenient path leading with good taste and simplicity by stile and hedgerow through pasturage and arable and woodland so that in all ordinary weather the good man might without even soiling his shoes perform his perambulation round the farm there were seats also on which to rest and though not adorned with inscriptions nor quite so frequent in occurrence as those mentioned in the account of the lisaus their situation was always chosen with respect to some distant prospect to be commanded or some home view to be enjoyed but what struck me most in joshua's domain was the quantity and the tameness of the game the hen-partridge scarce abandoned the roost at the foot of the hedge where she had assembled her covey though the path went close beside her and the hare remaining on her form gazed at us as we passed with her full dark eye or rising lazily and hopping to a little distance stood erect to look at us with more curiosity than apprehension i observed to miss geddes the extreme tameness of these timid and shy animals and she informed me that their confidence arose from protection in the summer and relief during the winter they are pets she said of my brother who considers them as the better entitled to his kindness that they are a race persecuted by the world in general he denieth himself she said even the company of a dog that these creatures may here at least enjoy undisturbed security yet this harmless or humane propensity or humour hath given offence she added to our dangerous neighbours she explained this by telling me that my host of the preceding night was remarkable for his attachment to field sports which he pursued without much regard to the wishes of the individuals over whose property he followed them the undefined mixture of respect and fear with which he was generally regarded induced most of the neighbouring landholders to connive at what they would perhaps in another have punished as a trespass but joshua geddes would not permit the intrusion of any one upon his premises and as he had before offended several country neighbours who because he would neither shoot himself nor permit others to do so compared him to the dog in the manger so he now aggravated the displeasure with which the laird of the lakes had already conceived against him by positively debarring him from pursuing his sport over his grounds so that said rachel geddes i sometimes wish our lot had been cast elsewhere than in these pleasant borders where if we had less of beauty around us we might have had a neighbourhood of peace and good-will we at length returned to the house where miss geddes showed me a small study containing a little collection of books 
in two separate presses these said she pointing to the smaller press will if thou bestowest thy leisure upon them do thee good and these pointing to the other and larger cabinet can i believe do thee little harm some of our people do indeed hold that every rider who is not with us is against us but brother joshua is mitigated in his opinions and correspondeth with our friend john scott of amwell who hath himself constructed verses well approved of even in the world i wish thee many good thoughts till our family meet at the hour of dinner left alone i tried both collections the first consisted entirely of religious and controversial tracts and the latter formed a small selection of history and of moral writers both in prose and verse neither collection promising much amusement thou hast in these close pages the fruits of my tediousness and truly i think writing history one's self being the subject is as amusing as reading that of foreign countries at any time sam still more drunk than sober arrived in due time with my portmanteau and enabled me to put my dress into order better befitting this temple of cleanliness and decorum where to conclude i believe i shall be a sojourner more days than one p s i have noted your adventure as you home-bred youths may perhaps term it concerning the visit of your doughty laird we travellers hold such an incident no great consequence though it may serve to embellish the uniform life of brown's square but art thou not ashamed to attempt to interest one who is seeing the world at large and studying human nature on a large scale by so bald a narrative why what does it amount to after all but that a tory laird dined with a whig lawyer no very uncommon matter especially as you state mr harry's to have lost the estate though retaining the designation the laird behaves with haughtiness and impertinence nothing out of character in that is not kicked downstairs as he ought to have been were allan fairford half the man that he would wish his friends to think him ay but then as the young lawyer instead of showing his friend the door chose to make use of it himself he overheard the laird aforesaid ask the old lawyer concerning darcy latimer no doubt earnestly inquiring after the handsome accomplished inmate of his family who has so lately made themis his bow and declined the honour of following her farther you laugh at me for my air-drawn castles but confess have they not surer footing in general than two words spoken by such a man as harry's and yet and yet i would rally the matter off ellen but in dark nights even the glow-worm becomes an object of lustre and to one plunged in my uncertainty and ignorance the slightest gleam that promises intelligence is interesting my life is like the subterranean river 
in the peak of derby visible only where it crosses the celebrated cavern i am here and this much i know but where i have sprung from or whither my course of life is like to tend who shall tell me your father too seemed interested and alarmed and talked of writing would to heaven he may i send daily to the post town for letters end of letter seven